anybody's in France or Germany tonight or in the next few days, will you please give Bob Roll a cheeseburger? <laughs> what? What? Where did he go? <laughs> I'm convinced. That's half the dude that was sitting there last year. During when the cameras are on the cyclist, he's doing push-ups. Did you see how veiny? Buddy he's is in? he's ripped. He's yoked. Give him a cheeseburger if you're over there. Yeah, that uh, welcome back to the to, to to the stages podcast, stage one of the Tour de France today. No, nobody uh, nobody threw that name around, and that's that was an oversight. All the stuff that I read and watched, um, and, and Garen Thomas is not. This is a guy who's a two time Olympic champion, uh, a, a very legit rider. Obviously, great against the clock. Um, no, nobody's eighth, eighth tour been around. Yeah, he's yeah. been around a while. I did a Tour de France with him. And that shows he, you how long he's been around. Nobody, nobody threw his name around. Right. That was a surprise to everybody. Yeah. Hey, you know, I mean, it was it was a day that was not without drama, and so I think for him, uh, or, well, back up for the, for the riders who are trying to win the GC, they used you know they looked at the day as a, as a as a risky, dangerous day with the wet conditions, slick roads. But then you had these riders that uh, that saw it as an opportunity, whether it's Garrett Thomas or or Tony Martin or clearly Team Sky, four riders in the top seven. If that's not a message, I don't know what is. And then um, you know, obviously Alejandro Valverde crashes out of the race. I didn't, you know, the coverage of of his pro or his time trial was not uh wasn't covered that widely so all we really saw were the highlights of the crash but he was he was taking some risks that's big news and before we start to break all that down why don't you go ahead and welcome everybody to this podcast remind them why we're here and what's going to be different mm. because we we listen to commentators all morning for the last several hours yep. what are you going to get that's different here you know well I, yes this is uh it's inter- it was interesting watching because we got up early. We watched the, the the you know the the preview show that that NBC had on, um, and and so you know this will so, there will be some crossover, right? Everybody has to acknowledge how much time Chris Foom put into his rivals, right? That's that's it's glaringly obvious. So we have to talk about that. You know, I think the thing that that I took away, uh, other than you know than Jens Voigt being nails on the chalkboard. <laughs> Um, was, was, uh, you know, I think sometimes this is a tough game and it's a tough sport. And so sometimes it calls for tough analysis Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, you know, you're going to get that here if we're going to have to call a spade a spade and, and, uh, but I tell you what, day one was, uh, there's plenty to talk about on day one. All right. Let's go to Garrett Thomas after the stage and then we'll break down why there was so much drama and and a name that we weren't throwing around. Was up there. Here he is, just after uh, the stage win, talking to uh, reporters. You'll be wearing the yellow jersey tomorrow. Can you believe it? No. <laughs> I. Uh, oh, it's a, it's an amazing feeling. Um, I didn't even think about it to be honest. It's probably I was super relaxed coming here, and 
Yeah, oh, it's a, it's an amazing feeling. I, I didn't believe it was going to happen. Even, well, you know, I thought, oh, Martin's going to beat me, or so and so's going to, somebody's going to beat me. So, but uh, amazing feeling, and it's been. Uh, I've had my fair share of bad luck this year, and also back home the last month hasn't been great all this year, really. So um, it's amazing to uh, to get this win, and uh, big thanks to everyone that has supported me and. Big shout out to my wife, obviously, and my mum as well. We've both had a bit of a rough time recently, so uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a great, great, uh, great day. Conditions were horrific, not quite as sunny as in, in Wales. Uh, how did you cope with that? How do you cope with the course and the slippery roads? Yeah, it's just uh, they're not too slippery if you don't go too fast, you know. <laughs> but uh, the first corner, I took That's quite true. fast, and Nico was on the radio saying, "Hey, no risks, just just steady." And uh, so I took the rest you know, within myself and, you know, there's a few times where like, ah, oh, maybe I could have gone a bit faster, but, uh, yeah, all that doesn't matter anymore, <laughs> just to, uh, really get that power out when, when it mattered and, uh, yeah, I felt good and I think I paced it really well and, uh, I've done some good TTs this year, so it's nice to, uh, oh, I, like I said, I just can't, I can't believe it. Yeah, there so. you go. It's not too slippery if you don't go too fast. Right. Yet we were watching, you know, if you didn't get a chance to see stage one of the tour, you know the bikes were just sliding out from under him very, very quickly. Like the you didn't from even the first second. Yeah, right, right out of the gate. But where we really noticed how slippery it was was when you'd see a mechanic getting them back on the bike, yep. and they were sliding around like they were walking yep. on ice. Yeah, I don't. You know, we, when we were talking about it during the race, uh, you know, I don't know if it's sort of modern pavement that just kind of uh, uh, leaks oil. Obviously, you have a lot of vehicles on the car. You have 200 riders. Each each rider has uh, a car or two behind them, motorcycles. So these are obviously putting out oil. It's been raining in Dusseldorf, where I grew up. You know, you're always worried about the first hour after it rains. It's been raining there for days. So theoretically, the oil on the, on the pavement or on the surface should be gone. Uh, but clearly, those roads, as we saw when the mechanic was literally a couple times ice skating, but what, what, what happens is these, uh, obviously, you know, high speed in those conditions is a risk. But it's either, it's either the oil or it's the paint. And, you know, this, the way we pave roads now and paint, you know, uh, turn arrows and, and white stripes, they're like ice. You hit those at, it, at yeah, the wrong what, angle. What, and, yeah, what he's talking about is like, you know, everybody's seen the Abbey Road cover for the Beatles where they're walking across that crosswalk. Right. To your point, they've gotten bigger and bigger and bigger right. and through every intersection that paint on your high pressure tires yep. and and the moisture well not just my puddles yep. is just icy icy and most time trials are are in in the city and think about all those cars that stop at every intersection and they're drip drip yep. drip and then the rain hits that and it is slick but i think yeah i think that's gone the other key thing too is the, those stripes we're talking about they're different than they were 10 years ago 20 years ago they're thicker it's you know it's one of the problems in modern cycling Right, we could talk about, and we'll see it in this race. I get over the next three weeks. I guarantee it. This so was not a problem fifteen years ago. No, or not as big of a problem. The the paint would have been, but but we call it uh, sort of street furniture or you know these traffic control oh. things, whether they're planters or roundabouts or posts or just things that control you know technically control traffic. I mean that's uh, that's 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 a problem for modern day cycling. The other thing I can't help but. Uh, talk about and and I've been saying this for several years although I didn't have an audience so I was just shouting to the television it's hard to believe in this day and age that road barriers still have legs that stick out yep. and that became a factor one 
Two, when it's rainy and you're going 30 miles an hour potentially, why do they not put up hay bales in the corners? <laughs> well, you kept asking me that during the race. I, I do not know. I mean, I, it's the, you can ask the same question about the start ramp. Right, a every, slick start ramp. Seventy-five percent of these riders, you know, I'm surprised nobody came off of that start start ramp. But seventy-five percent of them, you could tell or could see that they were losing the back wheel mm. or well, coming out of their cliffs. I mean, maybe we should, I don't know, have a different start ramp. Well, it's not like you get to practice a start ramp all the time. No, well, they do <laughs> because they do it. You know, they do this multiple times a year, and every TT basically has a start ramp. But I mean, you're right, and 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 to bring up, I mean, the one. The most glaring obvious today is is Valverde, yeah. and 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 you're you were frustrated or had questions about the barriers. You're right. I mean those barriers. I mean when um, this is going way back, and I mean in the early '90s when Laurent Jalabert and Abdou Japarov got in it, and and Jaja back in the day of no helmets. It was one of the goriest crashes I've ever seen. Back when he was a sprinter, uh, and and his face hit the barrier. And there was blood everywhere. That's the same barrier in the early nineties that it is in twenty seventy. And Alejandro Valverde got a real close look at it. And in fact, uh, you know, I, I, my my suspicion is that he not only hit his leg or his knee, you know, very hard. I think he took a, took it a little on the chin as well. It's hard to tell from we only had one angle from yeah. behind him, but. From what I could tell, it looked like the the maybe his knee slammed into the base of that barrier that's sticking out. Where if there were hay bales on those sharp corners in rain, he would have just you know how you just slide. The slide yeah. was okay. It's when he hit yeah. the impact. Sliding is better than hitting. Yeah, but the hay bales, you know that that's that's they wouldn't put hay bales there because that that shortens i mean that that narrows the corner even more so uh, whether i don't know i mean we can all sit here and play armchair quarterback on the the that particular corner it was that corner that took down quite a few riders we not only did we lose valverde uh we lost another rider today on the very same corner out of the race uh, but that's that's just the nature of it and and when it's that slick i know i just i just can't help but think that's the difference between losing 10, 15 seconds and getting back on the bike versus going to the hospital, Yeah, which is a bummer. That's the big news. If you didn't see it today, the biggest shakeup. My dark horse pick. You my, had him. My fantasy pick is out. You looked legitimately sad when that happened. Yeah, well, I just, it, it, not, on, not only, it's I'm not trying to, you know, uh, selfishly, I had him as a dark horse. I thought this atypical course suited him over the next three weeks. But if I'm Naro Quintana and I'm Movistar, I mean, that was, and I want to win the Tour de France. Like, that was a major card to play in the mountains and in, in, in the overall GC that that overnight is gone. And, and if and if Chris Froome was worried about Quintana and Valverde, he's not now. And if Richie Porte was worried about those two, he's not now. So it, it changes. That team is sitting around the dinner table tonight going, huh, okay, yeah, what now? Right, the strategy I mean, it just completely changes everything. Changed. And you can't help but emotionally, as uh, anybody who's been uh, a professional cyclist at some point, knowing that a guy, you do all that preparation, all that recon, get, you know, just everything leading up to it, and 10 minutes into your Tour de France, it's over. It's over. For one guy out of yeah. the 198. Yeah. was a name that you were throwing around. The other big, big, big story, there's many big stories, but you kept going on. Look at Team Sky. Look at Team Sky. They've got some depth. Yeah. And, and part of this thing is 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 admitting uh, that that when you miss it or when you were wrong, I didn't see this coming. I mean, I guess I 
I, I don't know what had me blocked from seeing this coming, but to put four guys in the first seven, and if you went down in the first twenty, you'd probably I don't I don't want to take the time to count them. Uh, th- they clearly sent a message on a day that was like, you know, you, you had to ride. It's long, so it's fourteen k. So you had to ride strong and fast and 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 put in a good effort, but you had to take some. But that's a message. Like that's that's uh that I guess that shouldn't be surprising, but I am surprised by that. And it doesn't look good for Richie Port on the heels of that. Not just his, not just his performance today, but just um, what he's up against uh, team wise. Hey, I understand if I'm a fa- in watching watching the race. And it, what was interesting to me is is Richie Port got fifth in the Tour de France last year, and Quintana got second. So Quintana started second from last. Froome started last. Richie Port chose to not start fifth from last. He chose to go up a couple of rotations out of his teams or they put their 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 time trial guy which i did not know you could do right if people think that it's just a blind draw as phil liggett told us at the top of the show the kid who went <laughs> oh he drew number one no the team the <laughs> right. teams there's a certain order of of based on last year's race of which which teams go in which order and then the team selects who goes in those different spots and i thought it was interesting that port decided to go earlier you know sometimes teams put uh, a, a very strong time trial router early in the day, hoping that it's dry. Right? Maybe mm-hmm. they have maybe they have a one hour window where it's dry or there's no wind, and he can get a good time. And then all of a sudden it starts pouring rain. The wind comes up and everybody's on the brakes. And next thing you know, your guy's in yellow. It's a smart move. But so Port goes early. We're watching, and you could clearly you could tell he was um, he was being careful and cautious, which he should be. But I'm going to tell you. 35 seconds on Chris Froome, 47 seconds on, on Garrett Thomas, that's not being cautious. Mm-hmm. 10 seconds, 15 seconds, that's cautious. I can, I can see that. No, 35 seconds is, is that's a, I think you have to, trust me, that, that dinner table, they're going, hmm, uh, you know, are the legs there? Is the form there? It's still way too early to say, but all I'm really trying to emphasize is 35 seconds on your main rival. That's not more breaks in the corner. You know, there's a lot of subtleties that happen during the tour and things that I didn't know. As somebody who's watched the tour for a long, long time, um, sitting down and watching it with Lance Armstrong, you're throwing out a lot of little things that I wouldn't even know or wouldn't even think about. And that's what we can bring to everyone here. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, Froome could have started in a yellow jersey today, correct? Correct. And I'm sure he was... You know, ASO, the owner of the tour, who not only owns the event, they solicit the sponsors, they produce the event, they want him in a yellow jersey. As last year's winner. As, as, and it's his right to wear. And, um, but they want him on the, on the start ramp in, with their sponsors. Not his sponsors, but their sponsors. And he chose to not wear the yellow jersey. You know, it could be a lot of things, right? It could be superstition. It could be just habit. But I suspect, and I and I, I haven't totally confirmed this, but I I heard that uh, just yesterday they received, or in recent days they 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 received their brand new skin suits, which have you could almost see it on TV if you're paying attention. They have these patches on the arms and the elbows and down the forearms, you know, some sort of a wind treatment that you know the the race provided skin suit just doesn't have. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he chose to wear his team kit. And, and one that they've probably spent a lot of time and money and effort into developing uh, with Castelli, their clothing sponsor, and, and, and ditched the, the Maillot Jaune, which I don't blame him. Yeah. 
here's something else I learned from you from about a, a time trial, and this would apply to any of them. If you're a GC contender, you're going to go later. Yep. You're going to go towards the end. And it takes hours to execute it, which I do have some questions about that. I did not know, as a GC contender, you can ride in your team car sure. and follow one of your teammates and get a good look at the course. Uh, I, I did it on certainly every prologue. And then if the, if the time trial course was such a way that you could follow behind the entire TT and still get back to the start without too much hassle, uh, I would do it every time. I'd go sit in the car with, with Johan and, and follow behind. Typically, uh, a guy like Victor Hugo Pena, who you know was going to go fast, it had a similar style when it came to the corners, speed through the corners, aggression through the corners. Um, and then, you know, just to just, I mean, obviously, Chris Froome has ridden that, that, that course uh, dozens of times already. But it's just another look. It's a look with with the barriers up. It's a look with the people. Which there. I hate the barriers. Right. You hate the, and it's a look with the. It's just it just gives you a level of comfort and confidence that uh, you know you might be sitting on your trainer going, hmm, I wonder what it's like out there. And um, and also too, I think it's good for the other guys. I think if if I think he followed uh, um, he followed Kwiatkowski. Oh, you can talk to him. No, nah, well, yeah, do you ever grab the mic and no, talk to him as a teammate, or that's no, always the director? That's the director. But but Kukowski knows he's back there. That's kind of a cool thing. Right, okay, my team leader's following me, and uh, it, it's a good idea. It's a it's a and I'm and I'm glad that they picked it up on TV because uh, it, it's been a while since I've seen somebody do that. You had some frustrations uh, not seeing the splits mm. in the past. They've been better about showing the splits where everybody is, was at certain markers. Yep. I, what was going on I with think that? I, yeah, I think, you know, that that's in it. I don't know if that's a, a – because what happens, we watch NBC or NBC Sports, um, but that's a feed from France television, right? So it, I don't know whose responsibility it is to put up the intermediate spritz and – the running time at the finish, which is what everybody's most curious about when the guy's charging to the line. is like, all right, how close is he? You know, so I don't know if there was something lost between the two or if NBC's just working out the kinks. Certainly when the when Phil and Paul are getting excited about a guy coming in, you're like, okay, what's the time? What's the time? And it wasn't coming up. Um, but I, I, if it's anything, if I had to guess, it's probably just day one working out the kinks. And, uh, you know, they have 20 days till the last TT, so we should be good. Do they make any adjustments to their time trial setup when it, for soggy conditions like that? Absolutely. Less, tire Great. pressure? Or tire, yeah, primarily tire pressure. Great question. I mean, when, when you see weather like that and slick conditions, um, and I think the sport now runs uh, softer pressure anyways, but I know we would just take that, you know, you take at least 10 or 20 pounds out of it just to get more rubber on the ground. And there were times when we did see a bunch of people go down uh, none as bad as Valverde, who went to the hospital. We haven't heard any updates on that no, yet. No. But even a couple times, you're like, coming in hot, coming in hot. And you're like, you could see it a mile away. Yeah. And they, that, most of those guys saved it. I mean, my ass would be on the ground. If I if I lose it like that, it's over, I think. Just when that – well, it's one of two things I, where I happen. Hated, I hated wet conditions. The, the back tire starts to slide, and then they are good bike handlers. Or when that front goes out, it's well, just front over. One, front one goes you're out, done. just it's curtains. You're done. You're done. Uh, what'd you think of uh, the much anticipated Tony Martin victory not happening? You know, uh, I, I I expected it to happen. I mean, he's 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 won the World Time Trial Championship four times. He's he was wearing he won it last year, so he's wearing the the, the rainbow stripes. 
in his home country, which, you know, for him to take that, the rainbow stripes off, to put on the yellow, to leave Germany tomorrow as the leader of the Tour de France, plenty of motivation. Um, he just didn't have it. He just didn't have it, and he, and he looked good. He was... Uh, he was uh, strong through the corners. He was going fast. His typical style. He's like, you know, he he, he pushes a big year, and uh, not as arrow as I mean, some of these guys now are so unbelievably arrow, and the bikes look so arrow. Um, but he had his old style, and he just he just he was just off. But I look, there's nobody more disappointed than him. I mean, that's a uh, I don't know that he was counting his money, but uh, but he might have been. And I, I feel a little bad for him. It would have been cool to see him ride out tomorrow. What's going through Richie Port's head now? He's got questions. He's about he's over forty seconds back. Yeah. By the way, that was my pick too. So I'm a little <laughs> bummed out. <laughs> I mean, that's um, uh, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. You just have to have a just a a day in the mountains or something where everybody cracks. Not likely to make it up in any of the other time trials from what we yeah, saw today. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he rode a great TT just two weeks ago in the Dauphiné. Hey, look, sometimes form form in an endurance sport is weird. You know, you can have it one week, and then it just starts to go. You have to, the tour, you have to time that form thing perfectly. And Froome, I know he was, you know, he talked a good game, and but he might be, he might be right. He might have timed it perfectly. And, and as soon as it starts to crest, your form, your fitness, your strength, it's hard. you can't get it to kick back up again it when it crests it either plateaus or starts to go away and it's way too soon to say that i don't think he took 35 seconds of careful corners i think that's like i said earlier i think that's a question of your condition um but it uh, you know i'm sure he's on the massage table right now going what just happened uh-oh yeah uh-oh a lot of work to do yeah but Who- by the way look at i mean they were all outside of Garen Thomas, who was exceptional. Froome, who uh, too was cautious. This is the thing. I mean, you can be cautious in the corners. There's a, there's all these other straights where you need to be hauling ass, and that was the thing that that they pointed out on television. But it was obvious to anybody watching when when Port came in, he was giving it everything. So on those straights, you know, you you should. He was also too losing time there, significant time. But look, he's all bunched up. You got Richie Porter, and I'm just going to go off Froome because okay. he's, he's for all intents and purposes, he's the favorite in the yellow jersey now, right? Port, 35 seconds down. Quintana, 36 seconds down. Dan Martin, who nobody's talked about but was top 10 last mm-hmm. year. This this route suits him, 37 seconds down. Bardet, the great French Hope, 39. Fabio Aru, 40. Mm-hmm. And then finally, Contador at 42 seconds. And all of those guys that came across the line were trying. That was that was if if, if the message delivered. What's on their minds right now is they you know they go back to the hotel room. Do they go to the bus and have a team meeting? I mean, this was a big shakeup today in several teams. Obviously, the team meeting for Sky is going to be a lot better for right. than anybody else. Do do you wait to the till everyone's back at the hotel? Are people some of the early riders already back already at the back. hotel? Now, those guys that go early, unless they get called for doping control, they go straight back. Because, you know, the, you can't, you know, for the soigneurs and the staff, you got to get in the rotation of, you know, and even if they're three or four soigneurs, they got to do a couple massages every night. Um, so those guys are already back. They're getting their massage. They may be already even on to dinner. That's the nature of a TT. It's, it's harder when, when nine guys finish at once. Right. You get in the bus. You can break it down on the bus, drive to the hotel, and then you've got to start the whole 
recovery process, whether it's food or massage or whatever the therapy, PT therapy that they're doing, you know, it's a lot more um, hectic when it's a regular stage. You brought up another thing I had never thought of on the idea of going earlier, which is only going to happen in the opening time trial. Right. More recovery time. Yep. <laughs> a couple more but, hours. But, yeah. Does that make a difference? Two more hours? You know, these... Uh, you know, there are plenty of days where you'd wish you had two more hours of sleep or two or more hours of recovery, but these guys are so fit. I, I don't think anybody that's that's there to win yellow is going to say, well, let me go first mm-hmm. so I can have three more hours with my feet in the air yeah. or my legs on the wall. Okay, a lot of people want to know what the situation is for the Americans and not what we thought. There's only a few in the, in the race. Some people were uh, talking quite a bit about Andrew Talansky that didn't go well for him today. Yep. Or as well as it could have. Yeah. Uh, but Taylor Finney yep. had a pretty decent time trial. And that guy has had some gnarly injuries. Yeah, I don't think... And, and, you know, Taylor's an interesting guy. If you follow the sport of cycling, you know that I've uh, had the, the fortune of watch... Not just watch his career, but almost watched him grow up. I mean, when I... when when. We started the Trek Live Strong team back in 2008, 2009. He was our he was our first big signing. He he was, he was just this, and not that he's not sweet, but he was just this sweet, uh, normal kid. And you know he's come into himself, and he he's a character. Like we were sort of sitting there watching all the guys warm up, and they all had headphones on. And we're like, okay, what is you know is Richie Port listening to Midnight Oil? <laughs> is uh you know is uh Bardet listening to Johnny Holiday? And then they go to, to Finney, and he's got the headphones on. I'm like, I think Finney, I think Taylor's listening to Flock of Seagulls with that hair. <laughs> but he's... Describe his hair for those who didn't it's, see it's it. It's indescribable. It's but, all on top. But here's the thing. <laughs> he's a personality in this sport. Yeah. I don't care if you have uh, no hair or a green mohawk or tattoo. The sport, cycling like any other sport, needs personalities, and Taylor is a big personality. But the reality is is he's had, uh, he's had a... a, a you know, a hectic few years with crashes, significant injuries. I mean, plenty of people that, that know that leg injury from uh, U.S. Nationals a few years ago that thought he'd never ride a bike again. Six months on crutches. Yeah, yeah. And Which so for him, to, for him to turn in a, you know, a, 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 I think he got 12th, 12th place, a great ride, um, and to keep it upright. I was proud of him because he's the kind of guy that's like, I'm going to, you know, he just... Just go for it. He, his mind <laughs> thinks uh, it, it, he has no fear. And when, you're, and when you ride with him, he can ride a bike. He can handle a bike. So, but sometimes those guys that can really handle their bike, and and don't need brakes, you know, sometimes you meet this point where you should have hit the brakes. But so I, t- he rode a smart race today, and he rode he rode a good race uh, in, in his first tour, by the way. And I think there's more to talk about with Taylor Finney. If you're you're looking for a, a fun story to follow, a, gr- a nice kid. I remember I've met him before. I thought he was pretty funny. He was just kind of quirky and funny. But he comes from great genes. Yep. His parents both great, great bike racers. Right, right. Great athletes. His father was, you know, did many tours, won stages in the tour. His mother was a, was not just a world class cyclist, was a world class speed skater. So, you know, nobody's crying for Taylor Finney's genes. <laughs> That's very he's got weird. some genes. Anybody else? Uh, you haven't brought up. There's one name that I jotted down. You haven't. Mm-hmm brought up but i heard you mention him uh castro viejo well he so he was he's the two-time spanish tt champ he was the he's the current euro tt champ which i didn't even know they had 
I didn't know that, that. I mean, if you, I get it that you have a national championships, but I guess the European Union has a, a championship as well. This poor guy's probably going. How many of these do I have to do? Like I won my country's national title, and I know I'm going to go to the world championships, and I have to do the tour. Then somebody says, "Oh, you got to go to the EU world, the EU championships." Anyways, but he was he was uh, he was on our list when we okay. met last night with TJ Van Garderen. Uh, TJ texted me this morning and said, "Watch out for him." Uh, fun little in- inside uh, or insight. Um, super arrow, but didn't have the day that he probably had hoped for. You know, you know who, and I think it leads into our discussion about tomorrow. Who had a really good time trial is Marcel Kittle, and he's a great sprinter. And he's a, he's he's well, he's a few things. He's uh, again, and just doing the little bit of research that I've done, he's the fastest man in the peloton right now at this present time. And I'm talking these three weeks. Um, But this bike race leaves Germany tomorrow and goes to Belgium. Marcel Kittel races for a Belgian team. So he's now, I think we have him at, uh, there's 10 seconds. There's intermediate sprints, right, tomorrow. Uh, He's 16 seconds down. And it's likely to rain again, and Belgians don't mind that. They're calling for for some occasional showers in Liege at the finish. Uh, the, the, the finish, as I look at it, it's not too complicated. But if he gets two intermediate sprints, which it's hard to do, and then save yourself and try to sprint for the final, you know, the finale, all he needs is two intermediates and in a, in a, uh, and a stage win, and then he's right there at the yellow jersey. And, mm-hmm. that, and for a Belgian team with Belgian sponsors in mm-hmm. Belgium, that's a big deal. Do the GC contenders... I mean, some of them are watching it from a hotel when it starts. Mm-hmm. By the time you get to the end, they're all kind of going, and you're doing your warm up. You don't necessarily know what's going on. Do they are they able to go to get to look at people's form and make a judgment and just kind of size up what's going on? You know, so and so isn't quite ready. So and so's not on form. I'm I'm trying to. They would have that that started at the team presentation. I mean, back in the day. Because the team presentation, you're not in a sweatsuit and like covered, you know, you're not covered up. You're in your kit, your jersey, shorts. Team presentation, man, everybody, it's just total, just dudes checking out dudes. <laughs> like, and it can go either way. I mean, somebody's either super lean and you're like, oh my God, did you see how ripped that? Or, or some guy just looks a little chunky and you're like, okay. I'm glad you used the words the word lean because I think yep. that's good with one dude describing another dude and uh, Jens Voigt was going oh he looks very skinny yeah it just sounds who was weird. he talking about I can't listen I don't when, when Jens talks I don't listen what, who who is he talking about I don't know it just sounded funny it uh, sounded like an SNL but yeah but that, that is not I mean that is uh, uh, that is what happens I mean guys will be you know that happened three weeks ago they they you know they but throughout the season they're always you know, sizing up their rivals. And it was interesting because my big rival was always Jan Ulrich. And, and his battles with body weight and leanness and fitness was all, was well-documented. Skinniness. Yeah. And so, you know, Jan, you know, it was interesting to watch him morph and change. And, and so, but that's what, that's what happens. I want you to explain something more to the layperson. Yep. All right. And I'm talking about time trials versus a, a long stage. I think you can shed some light on people. And by the way, I'm I'm here because um, we got to know each other through my radio career and uh, Austin supporting a lot of your efforts um, uh, with cancer. You supported a lot of stuff with uh, my Bikes for Kids program. 
so my my radio guy, but I did some amateur cycling and it was was not very ever very good, but I did do it enough to do so in amateur Texas cycling, you'll do a three stage race. Right. Which includes one time trial. From my experience It's a time trial, a crit, and a road race. And the time trial is so much more painful and hard to recover from. And I think a lot of people might be watching this and going, oh, that's only a 14K race today. That shouldn't be so hard. Versus sometimes you might be doing 200K, you know, six hours on the bike. In my opinion, the time trial is just much tougher to recover from. It's, it's, It's not called the race of truth for nothing. I mean, it is truly a man and his machine versus the clock. Uh, this effort today won't be a problem for any of those guys. I don't care if you got first or you got last. They will recover from this no problem. Now, in the day, and, and you know, the only other example we have here is the, is the final one, which is still short in the 22, 23 kilometer range. Um, and that's the day before Paris. It really didn't matter. Uh, back in the day, you know, you'd have two 50 kilometer, 31 mile time trials. So two things happen. One, that's a, that's a full one hour effort. Is, you know, at maximum effort. And two, you're on a completely different bike. That's the big thing. So you, you spend, of a 4,000-kilometer race, you spend 3,900 kilometers on one bike with the same position, the same seat height, the same bar height. This, every, the, the, it's all the same. Then you throw yourself on that bike, right, which we can all watch TV and see is a very different bike. Position's different, much lower. Um, back, you know, if... If the TTs are that long, those are hard to recover from. They won't have a problem today, and I don't. Th- and the last one doesn't matter because the, the ride into Paris is chill. Um, but if if you start to throw those longer ones into the middle of the race, or even a long team time trial, very very difficult to recover from. Uh, let's talk about tomorrow. We're looking into day two. They've got to be. Did jitter stop after the first day a little bit? Some, or, some, yeah. But it's the first day in the pack situation too. I think. I think, based on my my history and memory and recollection, it's just there's and I said it yesterday or, or in the preview show that just when you go down that ramp, all the bullshit stops. Like all the all the stuff you have to do that these guys hate to do. They don't want to go to a rider meeting. They don't want to go to a team presentation. They don't want to go to the medical check. They don't they don't want to do any of that. That's a hassle. They don't do the press conference. No, nah, none of it. And so just by going down the ramp. It's just sort of uh, emotionally you're like, okay, good. I'm okay. finally starting. Yeah. And then you get through that first day. Again, a big relief. They probably, some of them have some baggage they're going to have to deal with because they're going to rate their performance and figure out where they are, which we've talked about. Um, going into day two. Wait, before you go into day two, hold that thought a second. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to ask somebody this, and you're the perfect person. Who are all those people they shake hands with when they walk off the podium, typically? So those are typically, uh, they're either dignitaries, sponsors, uh, quote-unquote celebrities. I mean, I remember one year uh, Schwarzenegger came to the tour. He was promoting a new Terminator movie, and they were rolling out in Europe, and he was up there. And so, yeah, it's just uh, some of them you'll write as, as you watch for three weeks. There are people you'll recognize, right? Yeah, I always wondered what it was. I didn't know if it was the mayor of yeah. that town. Yeah, it might be. Or... Maybe the, the mayor may not get a seat up there, but if if you're the ambassador, or I mean, like my friend, the late great Robin Williams, he would be up there. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just who they deem um, worthy, I guess. Now uh, tomorrow it could be soggy again. Yep. 
but this is going to be. Which so you asked about the nerves though. So mm-hmm. while they're while we're on our way or they're on their way, your nerves calm a bit. If they wake up tomorrow, and trust me, they're all looking at the weather, and you have a 200-kilometer day uh, that can be, and again, I said it in the preview show, when that race is outside of France, there's going to be a lot, I don't care if it's raining or not, there's going to be a lot of people on the side of the roads taking selfies with their little poodle, with their picnic, <laughs> with their rosa, and, and it's it complicates things. And so you can't let your guard down. They're, they're, they'll, they'll be, it isn't until... It isn't until you get through the first mountain day where there's some true selection. And so with that selection gives you a natural pecking order in the Peloton. Like if you're in the group, if you're 30 minutes behind, well, you know, you don't really get to sit at the front all day, right? So it just, it gets a natural pecking order, hierarchy. And so until you get to that, it's going to be nervous. Okay. Yeah. And everyone's kind of picked a favorite sprinter to watch. I mean, it just, there's no debate going on there right now. Yep. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to call. I'm going with Kittle tomorrow. I like him. I like him primarily because of what I said. I think Quick Step being a Belgian team, Belgian sponsor. You know, that's uh, that's always the case. You you want you want to win in your country, uh, and but obviously contesting that would be Sagan. I don't. I think he's. This is not his kind of sprint. Okay. And it's too early in the race. I mean, he's still. He's him. So <laughs> I mean, if he he could win by a mile, and we'd all be like, oh yeah. Who but, ha- who has this the best freight train for the sprinter right uh, now? That meaning the team that lines it up. What yeah. they, we can get more into that after when we get to some sprint stages because I do have a lot yeah. of questions about that. I'm amazed by it. But that's the 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 keeping the speed up, lining up your sprinter four or five guys back, putting, peeling off, well, put him in position, keep him out of trouble, and you can only have one or two of those trains. I think Quick Step is the best train currently. Look at look at you look who got fifth today, Matteo Trenton. Talk about a name nobody talked about. That's a hell of a performance. That guy's been racing, like, I think he raced before I ever raced. I mean, so this, you know, that's another statement. So he'll, he's, Kittle has the best team for that. And, you know, that was, you know, that's really, a, a, those teams are, that's, that's an art. When they get that thing lined out and getting all those guys to the front and getting them into position and getting them to communicate. I'm amazed by that. And they're going, by the way, you cannot believe how scary that is. Not to be on that train, because that's actually easier. But if you're 30 deep, if you're Chris Froome or Richie Port, and you're 30, 40 deep, going, okay, I have to be in the top 30, because if there's a crash at, in position 50, I don't want to lose time. I don't want to get uh, caught in a split. You have to be there. But by being there, you're literally scared shitless, because it is so dangerous. I mean, it's... People ask me if I miss cycling. Hell no. It is the it is so terrifying. And they have to be there. And it's different from the like the sort of breakaway sprint. Completely different. No, animal. come on. This is this the, is uh the freight train sprints no, this is, are this wild. Is, you know. This is like racing your your three year old. I mean and that's it, a totally different dynamic and speed and intensity. And, and risk. And again, watch those barriers, those antiquated, outdated barriers. We're gonna, yeah. You got three weeks to make make change happen, bro. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's gonna happen, but you can keep going on it. All right. Any last thoughts from you from what you saw today? And uh, you, you know, know, the other big, uh, the other big uh, honor. It's not really. I guess it is kind of an honor. Is the Lantown Rouge? Maybe every day we should make it a, a point to honor the Lantown Rouge. There's the red the the red light. So in the old days, I don't know if they do it anymore. When the train went by, the last car had a red light on it. So the, the last rider in the tour is the Lantern Rouge. 
I never knew that. Yep. Tony Gallopin from France on, on the Belgian team Lotto, uh, whose uncle is Alain Gallopin, who's one of the directors of the Trek team. He was an old director of mine. He was Laurent Fignon's soigneur, uh, Fignon's director, part-time director, been in the sport a long time. He had a big crash, too. So for now, uh, he's our Lantan Rouge. Not to end with him, but I th- it's a cool story with, uh, with, his, with his uncle. His, his uncle's Alain. I, when he worked for the team, I called him Froggy. He loved it. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a whole segment on nicknames that people don't know about. Yeah, that'll require a lot of research. But We would love your feedback. If you're checking this out, you're digging it, there's things that, that I'm not teeing up and asking Lance, I, you know, that you've always wondered. There's no question too stupid, right? Right. Sometimes I, you've been so close to it your whole life yep. that you forget that people don't understand a lot of these little things. Uh, yep. Please send those to us. We'd love to get your questions, any comments. If you're enjoying this this podcast, uh, send those to stages at we do sport w e d u sport dot com. Yep. All right, and send your friends to subscribe to this. Post it on your feed. Stagespodcast.com. Stages. That. that makes sense. I know. Huh? Sometimes logic. <laughs> Stagespodcast.com. Yep. Just you know, blast it out on your social media if you're uh, an avid cycling fan, fan of the tour. You want your friends to follow along with this. You'll know they'll enjoy it and send yep. those comments. I'm really looking forward to yeah. that. Good or bad? I want the last word. I want the last word here. If okay. anybody's in France or Germany tonight or in the next few days... Will you please give Bob Roll a cheeseburger? <laughs> what? What? Where did he go? <laughs> I'm convinced. That's half the dude that was sitting there last year. During when the cameras are on the cyclist, he's doing push-ups. Did you see how veiny? Buddy is—he's is, ripped. Yo, give him a cheeseburger if you're over. Thanks for tuning in.